Welcome to Attorney Heart, the podcast focused on bringing awareness to and promoting attorney well-being. Join Attorney Heart as you embark on a journey to improve the quality of your professional and personal life. And now, here's your host, Fernando Flores. Looking up, there's always sky. Rest your head, I'll take you high. We won't fade into darkness. All right, welcome everyone. This is Fernando Flores, your host of Attorney Heart. Thank you for listening in on another episode. Today, I am really excited to have none other than Diego Corzo. Hi, Diego, how you doing? Hey, Fernando, very happy to be here. Definitely, brother. I'm really excited that you're on. And um, just to give folks a, a little bit about your background, uh, Diego is uh, originally from Lima, Peru, and he is a real estate agent based out of Austin, Texas with Keller Williams. And Diego, uh, you know, he's uh, someone that I met recently uh, within the past year at a conference. Uh, that's why it's so important to go to conferences so you can meet folks, you know, influencers like Diego. Uh, and he's really focused on growing his, uh, his wealth. He's focused on growing his mindset in a really positive way, a really uh, inspiring and influential way. And I wanted to, to have him on. I wanted uh, to have more of Diego in my life. And it's been awesome to, to have that. And uh, Diego has a program related to house hacking. And I wanted to also invite Diego to present at the I Matter Now conference, which he uh agreed to and which i'm really excited about seeing you uh soon diego that's going to be awesome but diego welcome to the show thank you for being on and um yeah thank you fernando i really appreciate your time and uh, like you said i am a realtor here in austin texas i'm 27 years old and i also invest in real estate so right now uh as of today i own nine rental properties and while working in my realtor job, the, pass, the passive income that I built through my rentals pays for most of my expenses. Awesome. And I've been on this journey of building wealth and financial freedom in that sense since I was 23 when I bought my first property. And, wow. uh, and I've gone from the, the transition of working in corporate America, like from, from going through college to working in corporate America to then leaving that and going full out in real estate, being my own boss in that sense, and investing a lot of the money that I that comes in for passive income. Awesome. So you've definitely worked on building uh, multiple streams of horizontal income, you know, to allow exactly. yourself to build that freedom, that financial freedom, which brings a lot of other types of freedoms too, right? Exactly. Exactly. And it's all about uh, it's all about the mindset that people have. As they begin to, as they become aware that there are two ways that people make money. You can either trade your time for money or you can make your money work for you. And the idea is that we live below our needs so that we can put that money um, to make more money in the future so that we can, so that we don't have to be thinking about, hey, I have to go to work because I need money. Is I have to go to work or I I want to go to work because it's my passion, because it fulfills me, right? Rather than I need to go to work because if not, I can't pay rent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's switching that mindset. Got it. And Diego, what do you feel is one of the challenges that the people that you work with face in terms of if working towards living <clears throat> at or below your means? I know you mentioned specifically live below your means, 
you know, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what are some of the challenges that people face when it comes to that. But I know it's a really important thing to learn to apply, right? And but mm-hmm. it also can be challenging. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So it all depends on who you are surrounding yourself with. I feel like if you begin to compare, um, if you begin to compare yourself with your friends, with other people, then it becomes very easy to not live below your means. What happened to me, for example, I'll, I'll be as, as open as possible. I got a job as soon as I graduated college that was paying me around 60K. Mm-hmm. So what I did is instead of, instead of buying a brand new car like all my friends did because I, I, was, I was a software developer for GM. So instead of buying a brand new Camaro or a Corvette or a Cadillac, I bought a 2013 Honda Civic and my car payments were very low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I decided in the beginning um, to live in a bedroom, renting a room, rather than uh, living in downtown Austin or in a very nice part of town in an apartment because I knew that that, that, that wasn't going to, um, to allow me to save as much money as possible in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people need to be aware is that when you begin to make the choices more in your lifestyle, then sometimes it reduces the possibility for you to have a bigger life. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I heard by a, by a guy named Adam, Adam Carroll. Mm-hmm. He said when I was 21 years old, he said, Diego, you should build a bigger life, not a bigger lifestyle. And mm-hmm. when I heard that, it wow. basically like, it changed my mindset because from that moment on, I was like, okay, I really don't want to have that lifestyle of being in the rat race, right? Like I make, let's say 5,000 a month and then I spend 5,000 a month and then I'm, and then I'm depending on that paycheck. Right. That's not where, that's not where I want it to be. And even though it's cool to like get the new iPhone every time one comes out or get an upgrade, a new TV every time that it comes out, like a brand, like a larger TV, 4k and all of that stuff. Um, it's more of a decision for me that, hey, I want to invest my money the right way. And if I spend my money, I want to spend it on experiences rather than things. Because I don't want to just collect things. I prefer collecting experiences. Things that connecting with people, going to conferences, investing in myself, just like what you were saying. And it's a mindset that fortunately I was able to get at, at a younger age and then it was more of a choice for me to actually apply it and take action on it. And knowing that when I look at my life, that it's more of a marathon rather than a sprint, because a lot of people, especially the millennials, right? I'm 27. Um, we like to have things quick, like put it in the microwave, three minutes, the dinner's ready, <laughs> right? Or like, hey, like, some, sometimes too, I'm on my phone and if it takes a little, and if it takes two seconds to send a text, I'm like, send it already, right? Um, so it's that, it's that mentality that um, we want to have everything right away. And we have to understand that there are, like, there are the good things take time to, to have. And sometimes it takes sacrifice. And that sacrifice is something that a lot of people 
are not willing to take or, or are not willing to, to do those sacrifices to get to where they really want to be. And they tell me, um, so whenever I bought a home or whatever, I, I was traveling and, and I was traveling while I was working at GM, like two or three weekends out of the month, they say, Diego, how can you afford it? And I'm like, hey, it's because I either bought a home with low money down and I have my roommates paying for my rent, so mm-hmm. for my mortgage. So then I don't have to worry about that. <clears throat> and um, so I have the extra money to actually travel and enjoy life at a different level. And that is what, um, that is what, I, what I like sharing with other millennials. Mm-hmm. And knowing that um, if once we change our mindset to live below our means, then we be, and we get the right path or we choose the right path to invest our money and to build wealth, then it will definitely um, help us live a bigger life. Beautiful, Diego. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And you know, as, as the interview goes on, we're going to get deeper and deeper into who Diego is. <laughs> so yeah. uh, Diego, I wanted to ask you, so uh, I know that uh, you uh, have been moving this movement forward of uh, uh, you call it free by 26, right? Free by 26. And you talk about how um, you, one of the books that really influenced you uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And how mm-hmm. you ended up starting with zero in the bank when you first, you know, started investing in real estate. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, just personally, what were some of the challenges that you face as you move towards um, those, those investment opportunities? What were the things that, it, you know, in your life were just, man, you know, that, that, was, that was tough to go through and I had to overcome that and this is, this is how I did it. Just so that our listeners can know a little bit more about you. Yeah. So it's interesting that the obstacles that I faced as I was trying to first in the beginning, right, buy my properties, invest in real estate, it actually, those obstacles started years earlier. So I am, I am a dreamer. I am what Congress or what the government calls a dreamer. And I am part of the DACA program. So what that means is that I was brought to the United States as a kid from Lima, Peru, and my, my parents overstayed their visas, which meant for me was that I became an, an undocumented immigrant. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really hit me that, I, that what it meant to be undocumented until I turned 16 years old when I was about to get my driver's license. And that's when I knew as a 16-year-old that my life was going to be different compared to my friends. Mm-hmm. So I had a bunch of struggles to go through as... Uh, when I went to college, I graduated third in my class, and I found out that I couldn't qualify for student loans. And even the scholarships that I won, because I graduated third in my class, they t- took them away, or they couldn't give me the money because I wasn't an American, or I, or I didn't have a green card. Uh, and then while I was trying to go to college, I also found out that I couldn't legally work. So I had to like, find different ways for me to get paid to as, as I was doing websites for nonprofits, small businesses. And I found out that I could still create my own company, my own LLC. So through that process, that's how I was able to work by getting paid as a contractor. And that's how I was able to graduate from Florida State University with two degrees. And as I was graduating, Obama passed the executive order called DACA. 
And right. that is what allowed me to finally be able to work and drive by the age of 22. Mm. And that's what helped me move to Austin. But in trying to buy my properties, um, it's like through those obstacles, I also found out that the, there were some lenders that wouldn't give loans to DACA recipients because we don't have any credit. Our social is brand new. They don't even know what DACA is or what the program's about. Mm-hmm. So I had to talk to a lot of lenders, go through a lot of hoops to be able to start investing, investing in real estate. And, but I always have that mindset, right? That if the opportunity, like if the door to opportunity is closed and locked, I go through the window. And that is like <laughs> something that, that, I've, that I've always had. And it's more because of the example that I had from my, from my parents, right? I saw the sacrifice that they did. I saw all the hours that they worked. And so that we can achieve the American dream as a family. And so I always had that in the back of my head uh, and having, having my parents as an example has always pushed me to go the extra mile, to work an extra hour, right? Compared to, compared to other people um, and to make the right choices in my life that I know are going to help me in the future. And in trying to invest in real estate in the beginning, I started with house hacking, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. which is when you buy a single family home and live with roommates, or you can buy a multifamily like a duplex, triplex or quadplex and live with tenants. Mm -hmm. So, um, or like you live on one side and you rent out the other sides to the tenants. So, but the best part about this is that the tenants or the roommates are paying for your mortgage, right? So, since I, the reason why I call it house hacking is because since I've been 24 years old, I haven't had to have a mortgage payment from my pocket or even a car payment because the income from, from the rents were paying for all of that. So, yeah. So that gave me the opportunity as a dreamer, right? As a DACA recipient, like anybody can do it. Like if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're in the United States, we're in the land of opportunity. You just need to make the decision to stick to it, write down your goals and have that mindset that you need to make your money work for you so that you can live a bigger life. Diego, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Very, very, very powerful. Just your story to hear your story and your background and and where you're at now and where you've been. It's, It's just, you know, if you just take a second and look back, it's like, it's pretty awesome. I'm sure, you know, for you, it's pretty awesome for me to see. And so for saying that, um, and Diego, I wanted to ask you, you know, your, your, your theme, your, of, of, uh, of three by 26, you know, um, mm-hmm. is that something that you also work with, you know, folks who are past 26, <laughs> you know, like myself, for sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. You talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. 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 So for sure. So three by 26 is, is, it was like the mindset that I had, right? That I wanted to be financially independent by 26. And for that, by, before I turned 27, basically. Mm-hmm. And the goal of this is to have my monthly expenses get, that my passive income covers my monthly expenses. Okay. Because what this means is that I am technically by that time financially free or financially independent. A lot of people think that that, is, that that will take years to do, and that's why people don't do it. 
But if you keep, for example, your expenses low to like four grand a month or three grand a month or five grand a month, then all you need to do is just focus on increasing that passive income to get you to five grand a month. A lot of people think that, oh, I cannot retire unless I have a million dollars in the bank. And when you really begin to dig deeper, you do not need that. You might need like 10,000 a month coming in passively through an investment so that you can um, so that you can have the lifestyle that you want. It might be 20,000 a month, it might be five. But for me at that time, it was, it was having those, it was more of having the knowledge that the amount of money that I needed and how I was gonna able to make it to that through partnering up with people, investing in real estate. Like I had to sell a home over here to buy another one in Florida and all of that stuff to get me to my goals. And now what I share with people is that before you become financially independent, you like for real in the bank money coming in passively, you have to become the person that achieves financial independence first. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, there's going to be a lot of obstacles and that's why people quit. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you cannot, the habits that are going to get you to become financially independent, like the habit that a financially independent person has, has to start even before you're financially independent. And that is the mindset. And I believe that there are six steps to getting to becoming the person that achieves financial freedom. Awesome. And just so yeah. that I know, is that something that we're, uh, going to be looking at in more detail at the conference or uh, is it going to be something different that you're going to cover at the conference? Diego? No. So that is one of the main things that I'm going to be uh, explaining at the conference, cool. the six steps uh, and going to go into detail on, on each one, but briefly I'll just, I'll just go over them. Um, the first one is going to be on mastering your personal finances. People need to understand how much is coming in and how much is going out. So that, as I said, you need, people need to live below their means. But it's more of the awareness because a lot of people are afraid of looking at their bank statements because all they do is when they wanna buy something, they swipe their credit card and that's it, right? right? But what we have to do if we wanna achieve financial freedom, we have to become aware about where our money's going and if we're playing it smart. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is scheduling personal development. So going to events, listening to the right podcasts, reading the right books, uh, because those things is what is going to help us on the mental side. Because when things get tough, right, when obstacles happen, we have to have the mindset that things are happening for me rather than to me. Mm -hmm. And when you become, change it from coming from the victim mentality to the empowered mentality, you begin to take different choices. Yep. Number three is the power of your tribe. You need to connect with people that are on the same path as what you want to be. Because if you connect with people that all they, will, all they look up to is 5 p.m. so that they can go to happy hour, then you're going to be going to be going to happy hour every single, every single day, right? But if you connect with people that are talking about creating passive income, investing in real estate, owning a business, um, talk about their goals, then you have a different conversation. And Tony Robbins has a quote that he says, the quality of your tribe, the quality of your peer group 
it's in direct proportion of the quality of your life. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yep. you want to make sure that, um, that you're connecting with the right people. Got it. Then number four is accountability with goal setting. So we need to write down our goals and know exactly what we want to achieve and then put it, have some accountability either with our tribe or with our friends or even with ourselves so that we can set a game plan to achieve it. Because a lot of people just say that they want to do something, but unless they write it down and they share it, then it doesn't happen. Right. Number five is increasing your income. And this is very important uh, for some people so that they can, so that if they are, if they have their expenses and that's how much they get from work and they cannot change any more of their lifestyle, then by having a side hustle, maybe they have to Uber, maybe they start a side business, uh, something on the side, like what I did, I was a software developer and then I became a realtor. So I was working as a realtor during my lunch hours, nights, weekends, and everything. But I was able to make a lot more money that I could later invest, right? And then the last one is investing. That's part six. And that's when you invest and you can become financially free in the years to come as, as long as you invest the right way. And that's where awesome. Matt Aitchison is going to be speaking about wealth building too. And then I'm going to be sharing more about, of, of, of investing and wealth as well. But what I like to share, as I was saying, is like all of those six steps, you see that achieving financial freedom is at the, like investing, which gets you that, it's at the end. First, you become, you have to do all those habits. You have to connect with the right people so that you can become the person that actually gets the reward. I love it. I love it, man. I'm so excited. I, you know, um, the, the more I talk to the presenters and, you know, the more that I've been interviewing all of you, I am just so excited about participating in all of these workshops and, uh, it's going to be uh, definitely a lot of fun. But, um, one of the things Diego, that I wanted to just tell you what you mentioned, all of those six steps, um, it reminded me of the quote that was incredibly powerful in my life by Jim Rohn which was your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development because success mm-hmm. is something you attract by the person you become. Right. And I know that that's also an important quote for you. Um, but exactly. It, it just kind of reminds me of that where the more you focus on, on, uh, yeah, like, you know, it could even also start with investing in yourself and making sure that you realize that you are worth it, that you are deserving of this, that you are enough, that you, uh, mm-hmm. You are a very powerful person with a lot of gifts that maybe are currently untapped, but mm-hmm. you, you can get there. And I feel like everything that you said just kind of fits within that too, man. So very powerful. Exactly. Exactly. And especially like most of the people coming to the event or just most people hearing this are going to be in the United States, right? Yep. And if you're in the United States, you have an incredible opportunity because like this is the land of opportunity, I feel. Like, if a dreamer can do it, as I was sharing, if a dreamer can become financially independent, then anybody can do it if they just set the right goals, set the right intentions for their life, and they take action to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. And Diego, for somebody that's just starting out, 
right? And maybe mm-hmm. hasn't heard all the terms that we're talking about before. Like, what is this, you know, passive income or like a horizontal source of passive income, you know, or, yeah. um, you know, has, hasn't uh, gotten into that. But maybe he's interested in starting out with buying their first home, their first property. Uh, you've mentioned a lot of tips related to, hey, you know, one is, is live within your means, below your means to be able to have the money for you to be able to invest it, right? What other mm-hmm. tips do you have for folks who may be interested in getting into 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 real estate uh, for the first time? Yeah. So one of the one of the possibilities or one of the options is to do house hacking, and right. that is by by the one of the best things be, as you do that is that you can buy a home with low money down. So a lot of people think that you need 20%, that you need like 40K, 60K. But really, if a home is worth 200,000 and you're going to be buying a home with 3% down, then really you need less than 10K to buy a home, right? And that for me is the easiest way to get started because you do not need that much money. Anybody can do it even in their 20s, right? Uh, As long as you have a good job, you can, your debt to income is not high. So like if you have a car payment that's $600, you should not be driving that. You should be driving a, like with a car payment, something with a car payment of more like $300. Um, but basically what I would say is try to take advantage of those types of loans so that you can start investing in real estate and see if you like it, right? I chose real estate um, just because it was something that I read in Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I really fell in love with it. And then as I read more about it online, um, I began to just develop more of like, I, I began to get more curious about it. And then I was like, okay, this is the path that I want. But I could have also gone the, on building like different businesses, like affiliate marketing, like investing in the stock market and stuff like that. But for anybody that wants to start investing in real estate, definitely, um, definitely look into house hacking. There's also flipping and investing, but you have to make sure that you're managing your finances correctly so that you can save for that down payment. Awesome, Diego. Awesome. Really, really great tips. Um, really, really appreciate that. Um, another, another question, you know, because you mentioned there's some homes, you know, that, that could cost like, you know, 200,000 in California, as you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, prices are way, way higher, you know? So mm-hmm. is there anything in terms of the advice that you provide that shifts, um, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to trying to buy your first home here, for example, in the Bay area, it's just, you know, yeah, expensive. Or do the same principles apply? What do, what do you what would you say on that point? Yeah, on on that end. So, um, also I f- I forgot to mention that one of the main things that I would say too, as you're starting to buy your first property, is to connect with an investor friendly realtor, hmm. because that if you connect with an investor friendly realtor, then that realtor is going to be able to put you up on a search on the MLS. He can discuss the different strategies for you. And he probably or she knows of which areas are growing, which areas are expanding. And also an investor-friendly realtor will have the resources for you uh, because they may have a property management company that they recommend. They probably have a list of handymen 
they also have a, uh, they probably have a list of lenders, of cleaners, all of this stuff that they can be more of your resource in the future. So that was, that is like one of the main things that I would recommend. And if you're going to be investing in an area where it is, where the homes are appreciating a lot, then at that point, I would say you have two options. You can either look at investing out of state and buying, putting down 20% on a home that's like 80,000 or 100,000, right? And then build your passive income portfolio that way. Um, and, uh, if, and if you want a book on that, there's a book by David Green, who's a friend of mine. It's like the long distance investing or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, so you can do that thing. You can, in, you can buy in other areas. And that's what I've been doing too. Um, the other thing is that maybe for somebody that's young and wants to get started and really wants to do it, maybe they, they, they will have to commute an hour or something to get to where they really want to be in. Like, for, like if they work in LA, maybe they buy a home an hour away. Um, that's a lot less expensive than the 600, 800,000, a million dollars. Um, knowing that you are just building your portfolio there. It's just your first property. You can rent it out to tenants or to roommates, as an example. And, but it is just a short-term sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. There's a quote by Dave Ramsey who says, if you live for two years like most people don't, then you can live for the rest of your life like most people won't. Mm -hmm. so, nice. so it's like having that sacrifice mindset. That he's like, hey, this is just going to be for a couple of years but I know that it's going to benefit me greatly in the long run. Diego, dropping all the golden nuggets today. I love it. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's called Long Distance Real Estate Investing by David Green. I read the book. Yeah. It is a great book. I, a lot of just strategic, practical information and resources, like online resources that I never knew existed, you know, um, that are, is really helpful. So I, I also recommend that, that book. Really, really powerful. Uh, Diego, I want to ask you, uh, you have a lot going on. You are, uh, you know, you're here, you're there, you, you, uh, you do a lot of things. Um, and what I really try to ask my um, guest is in terms of, you know, taking care of, of yourself, right? Um, mm -hmm. I feel it's important to just learn different strategies. And I've learned a lot of different strategies from different folks as to what they do. And sometimes when they're in a really busy period, like, you know, some attorneys that have come on, uh, they're starting their own law firms and they're finding it difficult, you know, to make mm -hmm. time to exercise or, you know, get enough sleep. Uh, and that's just the truth. Right. And um, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a very similar question. Diego. I mean, what do you do to, to find uh, space for, for you, you know, and, and for your loved mm -hmm. ones within everything that you have to do, all the demands, all the expectations that you have going on. If you could talk a little bit about that, Diego. Yeah, so one of the main things is time management. Uh, it's making sure that I'm either time blocking, um, because like when, when you're a business owner, right, it's different than if you have a job. When you have a job, you can just, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to clock out and forget about it. Right. But with a business, 
is like you are working until maybe there's options to work until 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and yeah. your mind is still going, right? But what I like, what some of the things that I have done in my life is going back to accountability. For example, there was a period of time where I wouldn't go to the gym as much because I was busy. Uh, or, I, or I would say, hey, I don't have time, right? I don't have right. time. But now I pay a trainer two times a week 65 bucks at, at a time and that even like it's it's a lot of money but that keeps me accountable f- to go to the gym right and it's sort of those things that he tells me Diego if you call me the day of that you're not gonna make it you still owe me the money so it's like <laughs> all right so I know that if I wake up and I'm tired or I really don't want to go I still go no matter what because like he's there waiting for me Right. And it doesn't have to be a trainer. It can be an an accountability buddy, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So put yourself in positions, I guess, um, put yourself in position where you can succeed, where it becomes easier to get to your goals by either setting up that accountability partner or paying for a coach or paying for a trainer. It does take money, but if it's going to get you to where you want to be, then just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there's it's very easy to create excuses when you're a business owner and just say, Oh, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. And the idea is that we also have to be conscious of the activities that we're doing as, as, as a business owner, right? Cause we can say that, Oh yeah, I was at the office for five hours, but maybe for the two hours you were on Facebook, maybe you were checking your phone, right? So just by your being in the office doesn't mean you're really being productive. So I would say also, Take accountability in yourself and own, and do the tasks that you're most productive. And if and if you don't need your phone while you're doing specific tasks, then either shut it off or something um, so that you don't have those distractions. And that's something that's even hard for me. Like I'm constantly looking at my phone or like see if somebody see if a client texted me or something along those lines. But it's just something that you just have to be conscious of. Yeah. I think the I think the two things you mentioned there the accountability and just the awareness too, you know, mm-hmm. of, uh, of where your needs are, and if you know that you need to get out there and exercise at least a couple times a week, what plan do you need to set up and act on, right? Does it involve mm-hmm. getting a, a you know a, a personal trainer uh, or an accountability buddy or or whatever to make sure that you get to going to the gym twice a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that, Diego. That's that's awesome. Um, one uh, other component of uh, uh, that you brought up relates to uh, the time, right? Mm-hmm. When we say uh, we don't have enough time, and I've I've learned to move away from from saying that, right? Because what we're really saying is to that particular task you know, you tasks right now are not important to me. So I'm not mm-hmm. making time for you. But if mm-hmm. it becomes a priority, you know, that's what we end up, whatever we make time for is what we're prioritizing. So like you mentioned, if we're prioritizing the happy hour, then that's what's going to, you know, that's what we're going to make time for instead of exactly. the power hour at the gym, right? Exactly. So what do we, I like that. I right? like that. Prioritizing the happy hour or the power hour. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
it's whatever we prioritize that we're making time for. It's not so much that, oh, I don't have time. Or like if, if somebody calls you or multiple people call you and uh, you let you know let one of them know, I'm not really making time for you. You're just really, at the end of the day, not prioritizing that person at that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, the other calls are becoming your priority. So it's, it's an important point, Diego, that you mentioned that I just wanted to uh, magnify because I think it's really mm-hmm. important in terms of, mindset moving away from like oh i don't have time for that i don't have time for that i don't have time for that those are excuses at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know at least in my perspective but i don't know if you have any it's, thoughts no yeah and from that from that perspective i totally agree with you and i say that if we're not prioritizing the right way then it doesn't get done right and that's why i always hear that you're most productive the day before you go on vacation because you have to do everything to get it done the right way, right? You may have a task and be like, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And you have Monday through Friday and you don't do it. But if you're going out of town that Wednesday, you're doing that task no matter what, Yeah. right? So it's sort of like, are you procrastinating on it? Is it something that can be delegated? That is something that, that you can also think about, right? Maybe you do not, maybe it's so it's such a small task that it's not going to change your life in a big way. So why not tell somebody else to do it? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Diego, uh, I want to, I want to thank you for your time. It's, uh, it's been an awesome learning experience. I know you're, you're busy and keep a busy schedule. So I want to be respectful of that as well, but are there any other thoughts or, uh, or tips or final words that you want to leave, uh, attorney heart listeners with, uh, you know, before we sign off? Yeah. One of the main things that I would say is that no matter what the circumstances that you're going through, no matter if you're going through tough times uh, right now in your life to always keep, keep the vision of where you want to be in the future as, as the thing that pushes you Mm. and to have a why in your life. Because that, that, that's a lot of things that people don't, don't have or they don't create for themselves is that why. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, for example, the why has been my parents, right? Everything that I do is to support them and to show them that the sacrifice that they did, that is going to pay off. So having that why is extremely important for me. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you to you too for, being, for taking the time to share my story, for having me on your show and I really look forward to seeing everybody at your event. Yeah, definitely Diego. Uh, I'm really excited about having you there as well. And, uh, we're going to have a, just a blast and I appreciate all the information, you know, even if folks are not able to make it out to the conference, I know just the information that you shared on the podcast, I feel is just really, really valuable, really, really important. And I look forward to just digging deeper and, and, uh, you know, learning a lot more from you. Yeah, for sure. And if anybody wants to uh, link up with me, they can check out the website househackingclub.com or they can send me an email to info at diegocorzo.com. Beautiful. And I'll make sure to include your information in the show notes too so that uh, folks have that accessible. So Diego, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and energy and just uh, uh, all the golden nuggets that you shared with us. And uh, thank you everyone for listening in another episode of Attorney Heart. Uh, This is your host, Fernando Flores, signing off. Diego, thanks again. Take care, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, everyone. Fernando here again to thank you for listening in to another Attorney Heart episode. If you like this episode, please make sure to give it a thumbs up 
And if it can benefit anyone that you know, please share it. Attorney Heart is brought to you by iMatterNow. I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W. Please make sure to check our website at imatternow.com. Again, I-M-A-T-E-R-N-O-W.com. And join iMatterNow's Facebook page. Follow us for future events and additional resources. Every day presents an opportunity to engage in self-care. And remember that it is not selfish to take care of your well-being. It is necessary. So take care and connect with you on the next Attorney Heart episode.